0: Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the podcast. Today, we're going to be talking about physical health, so working out, eating healthy, taking care of your body in general, and I have my guest, Olivia Gaswine, with me here today. Olivia, do you want to introduce yourself? Hi,
1: guys. Um, My name is Olivia. I am one of Sophia's roommates, a junior here at TCU, and I'm super excited to chat with you all about
0: fitness you work at a spin studio so obviously fitness is an important thing in your life do you want to talk a little bit about your job
1: yeah so I work at an indoor spin studio called Zen 22 here in Fort Worth I work at the front desk uh, I've been doing that for about a little over a year and a half and I'm actually right now uh, going through instructor training with them so uh, in the next few weeks I'll be on the instructor. Um, side of of the job which is really exciting and it's a really really cool atmosphere um, a really awesome environment I've met a lot of really cool people um, and it's it's really been one of my biggest blessings since coming to college.
0: Cool and how is that going when you're trying to balance work and training and going to school has it been difficult trying to try to keep priorities? So
1: I've really had to tailor my schedule to fit within the boundaries
0: of school and work and my sorority and my friends. It's definitely was when you came to college was working out something that you prioritized then as well, or is that something that's a challenge
1: kind of toggling all of those things at once. And I've definitely had to sacrifice skipping out on things due to work, uh, due to school or vice versa and the social Seen um, has definitely changed from my perspective since starting training as an instructor. It's just been really physically and mentally taxing on me. So it's definitely shifted a bit in the way that I'm able to do the normal junior year of college thing. I've kind of shifted that into more of a fitness based lifestyle rather than just the student social life that I've lived for the past two years.
0: Yeah. And you mentioned the past two years come later in life. Yeah, I definitely
1: was interested in fitness and wanted to learn a lot more about it. Um, In high school, I was on the dance team and that was kind of my main source of fitness and was a huge part of my lifestyle. Um, It really was not until I started working at my spin studio where I learned the value um, that fitness has and the impact that it's had on my life. and. I think growing with the people that I've met with or that I've met through my job, both physically, mentally, emotionally, really every aspect of of my life has has seen a lot of growth and a lot of change since dedicating a good majority of my time to fitness. So I definitely think it's something I've always been really passionate about, but it's it's really exceeded its, its limits since starting at my job.
0: And I've kind of noticed that now that, but... okay, so you mentioned you know, the value that it adds to your life. Do you think that fitness is something that is important for someone to work into their day? Because I know for me at first, when I came to college, I was so excited to have a gym. So nearby the rec center that I was going, I went every single day. And I think that kind of fizzled out, especially last year where I was getting into harder classes and trying to grow relationships and prioritizing other things, going to the gym and doing a really hard workout or running five miles. Even if I take, I've mentioned on the podcast before, even if I take a 30 minute walk one day, I think that just moving your body can add a lot of value to your day. So do you agree with that? And I guess, what are your thoughts on making that a priority to put into your day?
1: Yeah, I definitely agree. I think that fitness and the way that people see it, it's not black and white. It's not, you know, one person is like me and is extremely and, you know, arguably more motivated to be in the fitness realm than in other aspects of, of my daily life. It's not, you know, that one particular lifestyle versus one that's completely anti-fitness, anti-working out gym. The whole, the the way that whole nine yards, I think that there's a huge gray area in the way that people perceive fitness, the way that they prioritize it. Uh, I feel like I've, I've gotten kind of lucky in the sense that, you know, I, I study really hard. School has always been my number one priority, always will be. However, I've noticed, especially living with roommates and inserting myself into a large friend group, just the stark difference in my major runs. Versus others, um, I I definitely would agree that the workload of my program that I'm studying is a lot less than say someone who is a business major or you know pre med. There's different lo- there's different varying degrees of how to balance the school and work working out lifestyle, and I think a lot of that comes largely from how you prioritize school and. For me, like I said, it's been my number one priority forever. But when I know that I have a free window and I know that I don't have a big week coming up school-wise, that to me automatically reads, okay, I have all of this this leeway to go work out. To some people, that's not what it reads. To some people, that means that they can watch more TV or they can be on their phones longer or they can go out to eat with their friends. Um, it means a lot of different things. But I think the prioritization of fitness really just comes from a mental state of of determination and just feeling motivated to go like you said you went to the rec a lot your freshman and sophomore years and it kind of fizzled out and that definitely happens there's definitely been drops in my level of motivation to go work out you know if I have a really busy day and I do a really
0: hard workout in the morning
1: Uh, but I just know myself well enough to know that I will end up feeling really fortunate and thanking myself once I just get the workout done, even if I don't want to. So I think it's just really a matter of knowing yourself and your body and and knowing that, that that's something that's important to you.
0: Yeah. And obviously you do a lot of spin classes because you work at a spin studio, but at least for me, I know that I know the time and place for a harder workout. I'm not going to feel as good later in the day. I'm going to kind of crash. So do you have like alternative workouts other than spin classes, you know, do you have a workout that you set aside for if you have a busy day that you can get done quickly or?
1: Yeah. Kind of like you said a little bit ago, just getting out and moving your body, even if it's for 30 minutes is key, not only to your physical health, but also your mental state. Any type of fitness is how you, how you want to lay that out. Working out also produces a lot of endorphins and it makes your brain happy. And, um, there's, there's a lot of science to back the happiness that your body produces when you physically exert it. I think it's really key that when you start kind of getting in a fitness groove that you change it up. Um, I, and I definitely fall victim to getting into a pattern of just spinning or, um, for a a lot of last semester, instead of spinning every day, I was running every single day. And not only is that just so hard on your body, um, especially running. I mean, that's, that's something that, if you ask any runner, like that is a very physically taxing activity. Um, So it's, it's hard on your muscles and on your joints, but it's also, you know, like I said, with those, with those levels of, of happiness that your body is producing, when you do work out, it will thank you later. If you, if you vary up your, your workout schedule. So something I've learned to do um, that my job makes really easy for me is we also have a feature at the studio called hit, which is high intensity interval training. And that is kind of a circuit-based workout where you go from station to station and are doing different weights, uh, that can be body weight. So pushups, burpees, squats, lunges, um, or we also have machines that kind of facilitate that same movement. So we have like rowers and dumbbells, um, kind of the the typical equipment that you think of when you when you see people doing that, that in the gym, and that's been really helpful too, just to kind of let my body have a break from spin, but also give it some time to build up on muscles that it doesn't typically work. So I think that you know, like I said, once you kind of get into a groove and figure out what you like and what you don't like, the only way to do that is by taking classes, um, trying out different workouts on. Instagram, I save so many like fitness influencer posts where they do different workouts and I tried them myself and sometimes I love them. Sometimes I don't, but really the only way to figure that out is if you do them yourself. Uh, so once you kind of figure out what you like and what you don't, then you can build from there and kind of frame your, your schedule around what types of workouts are being offered and what you want to do.
0: You mentioned social media and this podcast is actually for my social media class. So I find that really interesting. We've talked a lot about influencers and influencer kind of culture, but we haven't really talked about the fitness side of Instagram and TikTok and YouTube, especially for me, at least. Um, I know over the beginning of quarantine, Chloe Ting on YouTube was a huge thing. So do you see kind of YouTube or Instagram or TikTok in kind of the fitness world? I know you work with a lot of people who, I guess, do you hear people talking about those kinds of trends, like 1230 treadmill thing or Chloe Ting? Is that something that kind of comes offline into real life?
1: Totally. And I'm sure you've, you've discussed this in your class, just as a um, a 21 year old girl in this day and age, um, social media is, it can be a very toxic, dangerous environment. Um, if you cater your yourself and your social media platforms to that toxicity, um, I think it's a great way for especially in terms of this conversation, it's a great way for fitness bloggers and, and influencers to share their wealth of knowledge about fitness with their followers uh, and with the internet. And I think that I've definitely gained a lot of insight about you know what a healthy body should look like versus one that has been altered to fit society standards and you know that's a that's a whole other conversation it's a really big thing that i see on a daily basis on my instagram on my twitter snapchat tiktok it's it's all over the place but i definitely think that i think i've definitely been able to navigate social media in the sense of determining what is going to be a genuine post worth reading and worth saving versus one that might be faulty and, and doesn't really add value to my life. Uh, as someone who is so passionate about fitness, there's some really, really good out there that has a lot to do with mental health, physical health, emotional. Um, but then there's, you know, the ones that you see that, that your intuition kind of tells you, this isn't going to be something that's going to positively fuel my, my social media consumption. So I think it's just a matter of of catering your, your values and matching them to what you're consuming online.
0: Yeah. And I definitely see that in kind of the diet culture, diet trend, especially on TikTok. And there'll be crazy things like, you know, how to make an ice cream sandwich healthy and just kind of diet cheats and Yeah, that can be helpful to some people, but I think that there's a lot of young people also out there watching those things. And I think that sometimes the message can be kind of blurred and and you definitely eat healthy and prioritize eating healthy as well. But what are your thoughts on, I guess, these people on social media and people in general, just promoting the fact that you can't have a normal ice cream sandwich or you can't have a snack, the diet kind of culture, I guess. What are your thoughts on that?
1: So uh, something that I've found to be a huge differentiation in my life and, but on the flip side of that is dieting and nutrition and the value in that area and how it plays into fitness. And I think I struggle a lot with, and how I perceive diet and fitness and how they go hand in hand is, and I'll, I tell my friends this all the time, I'm one of the most motivated individuals that I know when it comes to fitness, I'm up for any challenge, whether it's distance running or taking a HIT class at at the studio and going up in weights or pushing myself harder than I should in a spin class. I am so determined to beat my own PRs and, and do all of the things that my, like, you know, my Apple watch will tell me that I'm, that I'm doing good at diet culture. And and food. I have, um, definitely a long way to go personally in the relationship that I have with food and the way that I perceive it. I definitely have had moments of, of restriction for myself, um, in terms of food and counting calories and doing things that personally for me are not beneficial rather are hindering my success, uh, mentally and, and, and physically. I think to go off of your conversation about social media and, you know, seeing recipes to make something ordinary seem healthier. The only really short answer and an explanation I have to that is everything in moderation. So, you know, instead of leading a restrictive lifestyle in the kitchen, like it is so important and necessary and vital really like to, and in person, but you know, it's blown out of proportion sometimes on social media. I think that girls, especially to your health and well being, when you allow yourself those simple treats in moderation, we all know that eating an excess amount of ice cream sandwiches is probably not going to be the best thing for your mental and physical health. But allowing yourself, giving yourself grace, allowing yourself, that one ice cream sandwich, because that sounds good and you want it is so healthy. It is so important. And I think I even, I need to remind myself of that too. It, it's not always about being restrictive and counting what what nutrients are going into your body and, and celebrating when you don't eat enough. Um, I think a lot of girls online give themselves praise and give others praise when not enough is being consumed throughout the day. And it makes me really sad when I see that because your body needs those nutrients. It needs, it tells you what it wants and what it needs and when it needs it. So when I see people celebrating the fact that they feel, you know, maybe lightheaded because they didn't eat enough and it's all of a sudden 7 PM and they have not eaten a meal. Those things are really hard to overcome just as a bystander because that's clearly not the way to lead a healthy lifestyle, especially in college. So I think the topic of diet culture and the way that it kind of gets played out in college, especially at our age, is one conversation that is definitely, definitely needs some TLC. But I th- type
0: that's kind mm-hmm. of given to us socially.
1: I think, like I said, being able to cater your conception of news and social media to one that's positive and healthy definitely helps to, to get that positive reinforcement.
0: Yeah. And I think that, like you said, that kind of perfect image of what a perfect body is and what a healthy body is is something that at least for me came into into my life a lot more in college i think there's kind of a unspoken social pressure to be thin and to be tan and to have blonde hair and that's something that i think a lot of girls don't know coming into college at least i didn't that image Gets pushed onto you from, I mean, not to talk down on sororities because I'm in one and I love it, but from the very beginning, when you start doing sorority recruitment, you're looking around at all these other girls and how they got ready and what they chose to wear. And I think that there's a lot of fear around not fitting that perfect. And I think that it's really hard when you come to college and you have. That on one end, and then on the other hand, you have a dining hall full of food right next door, and you go there and you see girls at the salad bar, and then you see, you know, a flatbread pizza across the way, and it's a line full of guys, but that sounds really good (laughs) if you want it. And you don't have to look at, like, oh, that's the girl eating pizza, but, you know, sometimes pizza sounds good, and sometimes if your body's craving pizza, that means your body wants pizza And pizza is not going to be bad for your body. And I think that that's something that definitely takes time to learn. But at least for me, I know that if I need energy, you can completely avoid it or you can completely go to town on it. Energy throughout the day to, you know, get through classes and work and studying. Sometimes I have to start my day with a heavy breakfast that might not be something that I see posted on Instagram, but it's something that's going to fuel my body and make me feel good. Totally. I think that that's something that's really important for people to know coming into college is there's going to be those pressures. And obviously there's the dining hall thing, which is difficult to find things that you like, especially <laughs> at our dining hall. But yeah, it, okay. I think it can go one way or another where totally. I think it's important to know, do what makes you feel best and that you don't need to kind of fit into that mold that It's kind of shoved in your face when you first get to college.
1: Yeah. And I think too, like speaking on, on your comment about sorority rush and automatically getting immersed into an environment where you're constantly looking at yourself, wondering if you As you go through your week of recruitment at your college wondering, well, if I had looked that way, maybe I would have gotten called back to this house. Or if I had dressed a certain way, if I had curled my hair today instead of straightened it, you know, those what ifs go through your head as not only a potential new member going through recruitment, but once you're in the sorority, those constant fears of, of not being good enough and not looking a certain way and not fitting a mold that's been created are just running through your head constantly. And I think a lot of that has to do with body image and with the absolutely love spin on the other side of that is, is girls who are scared to, um, maybe venture into the, the weight room at the rec center at TCU, because they're worried about the boys that are down there that might judge them for lifting weights or, or the girls might judge themselves for wanting to lift weight, but not wanting to, to gain weight or bulk up. Um, those are all how you perceive yourself, how you believe others perceive you. I think that it's like you said, it's really important to fuel yourself in ways that you know that you need. It's it's a really, really hard task, but as, as hard as you can just try to avoid the stigma around malnutrition and and, and something else too that I want to touch on, I didn't before, but just in terms of fitness um, and, and especially with girls, because I know, for instance, indoor cycle kind of speaks a lot to girls, especially so like at my studio, a huge majority of our population is TCU girls because it's right in Fort Worth, which is great. We get a lot of TCU girls. We do a lot of involvement with sororities and stuff like that. But I think the indoor cycle itself just kind of speaks largely to the female population. Um, and that's definitely like a myth that's been debunked, at least to me, like some of my favorite instructors that I've worked with really closely are male. And we have a lot of guys come in fitness myths that it's really hard to get through to someone. Even I have a hard time justifying, you know, lifting really, really heavy weight and feeling like I'm not going to gain more muscle. Those are all things that I think society kind of sets up for us and unfortunately gives to us as we continue on our, our pursuit through college, through social media, just the way that our generation has grown up has been very based in a lot of untrue claims that we just go along believing as true because we don't do enough for ourselves to debunk them. So I think just going about... The realm of fitness, the realm of diet culture, social media, and how all of those things work together—it's really, really a, a good idea and something really positive to do for yourself to be able to navigate them as you wish and just give yourself grace. Yeah,
0: well, I think that you gave a lot of good advice and a lot of good insight. So I hope that someone took something from this episode. And if there's one thing I could say, it's listen to your body and treat it kindly but don't restrict it if you want that ice cream sandwich
1: yes eat the ice cream sandwich
0: but thank you <laughs> olivia for your time i know you have to get going i hope everyone enjoyed this episode and i will talk to you soon